one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, a weekly show where we talk about the ins, outs, ups and downs of work and share some ideas for action, some tools for you to try out to give you a bit more confidence and control of all the squiggly stuff that you're experiencing right now. And if this is the first time that you've listened to the podcast, we've also got loads of extra resources to support you and your squiggly career. So we have pod sheets, which are summaries of every episode with lots of the key takeaways for you all in one place. We've also got got lots of lots of free career resources on our website amazingif.com head to the toolkit and there's loads of stuff that you can use on your own if you mentor people it might help you with that and you can also use it in team meetings so lots of stuff to support you and this week we're talking about how to stay confident during a job search so not the ins and outs of job searching itself more the relentless nature at times of actually searching for a new role where I think often the initial excitement that comes from exploring something new can wear off pretty quickly. And we were talking about why you need to stay confident and why sometimes you need to boost your belief. And I was reflecting that when you are looking for something new, suddenly you have a load more rejection Mm. than I think you're used to in your job. And you're putting in a lot of effort sometimes feeling like you're getting very little reward from that effort so that sort of equation of like what I put in versus what I get back can often feel quite unequal and really draining because if you are doing this well you're applying for a job you probably care about that role you've thought about it you almost have to do a bit of that imagining yourself in that role what would I bring could I get excited about that organization or that position you've started to invest in it and then you know if you don't hear anything back which I always think is unacceptable but does happen quite a lot so you get completely ghosted you just like it feels like all of that effort disappears into the ether literally get nothing back I also think it can feel quite lonely so I was reflecting back on every time I've been in this situation maybe trying to move companies or into something very new it's one of those tasks where you can't share it with anyone else so your squiggly career is yours and we do need to get the right people around us but it's one of those moments where I sort of feel like it's really all on you. You're the one doing the searching. You're the one doing the applying. You can't be sit next to your job search buddy um, and both be applying for the same job because that'd be quite weird. It's one of those moments where it can quite quickly feel quite tough and disheartening. 
So we don't like to shy away from a difficult topic. We thought we'd talk about this today. Hopefully that doesn't sound too bleak. It is it does I think but I think it does feel quite bleak for people a lot of the time. So that probably is the context. Just thinking about it, I feel like there's some parallels with online dating, which somebody mm-hmm. very close to me is doing quite a lot of right now. And all those feelings of like you're investing in quite a lot, but then it doesn't go right. And it's like the, oh, is this the one? Oh no, they've not replied to me. Is this mm. the one? Oh no, they've ghosted me and not got back to me. And that sort of disillusionment and the draining and oh God, I've, when will this all be over? I actually think the risk with it is, and this probably with relationships too, people might settle on the wrong solution. You know, because they're just like exhausted by the process. They're like, well, I'll just give anything a go. And that probably isn't going to work out brilliantly but it's really understandable given how hard it can feel to just go round and round this situation where you're just looking for a role and you want to work and you want to do a good job and it's like well how do I get it? I think we recognise that you're probably going to be in one of two different situations if this is you at the moment and I do think they have slightly different implications which we'll try and cover as we go through. One might be you're not working right now so maybe you've been made redundant Maybe you've chosen to leave and you've got a finite amount of time before you need to work again. Your days are dominated by the job search process. Mm-hmm. So that might be your scenario, your kind of situation at the moment. Or you've got a very busy day job because whose day job isn't busy. And you're trying to do this on top of that. I actually think you're sort of the mindset that you're in is quite different in those two things. And your challenges are sometimes quite different. I think they can be equally hard Mm. and you can always have all of the emotions and the feelings that we've described in terms of the excitement wears off it's a lot of effort it can feel quite lonely but probably some of the impetus and some of the what you might do differently will vary depending on whether you're sort of scenario one which is you're not working and you're sort of wanting to get back into work or you are working but you want to do a different kind of work So we've got five ideas for action, which we hope will help you if you're in either of those situations that Sarah talked about, just to feel a bit more positive and in control of the actions that you're taking. So the first idea for action is about your career comfort blanket. I like this one one too. (laughs) Sarah and I were like, okay, if this was us right now, like what would we do? And we were like, we would go to the people who believed in us, who supported us, who'd seen us at our best, we would go and have a conversation with those people because they would sort of remind us of what we can do and they would give us the energy to not get stuck in a situation but to do something different. So the question for you to think about here, maybe we'll give you some of our people if it helps you to sort of unlock your thinking about who they could be for you. But the question is, who are your top three career comfort blankets? And to prompt that, this is people that after you spend time with them, you always feel better about yourself. So Sarah, who would that be for you? So I was thinking about these three and actually in some ways it can be surprising. Actually, it's not always the most obvious people who I think are the answer to this question. I've got three. One is a guy called Tom who I've worked with in the past who actually I don't see or speak to that frequently anymore. He moved away to a different part of the country. We don't sort of catch up particularly regularly. I feel like Tom is sort of, when he needs to be, a bit of a cheerleader for me. He just almost like starts every conversation with like, you're so ace. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) great. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. It's funny. He definitely sprang to mind, even though I wouldn't like message him that frequently or anything. One previous boss called Sarah, who I have stayed in touch with, you know, over the years and does know me very well, has seen me at my best very directly. And actually one of my friends 
Claire. Claire's somebody who I've done some volunteering with. And the reason actually she sprung to mind was I was thinking when I was searching for a job when I was on maternity leave, it's quite a hard time to search for a job. Quite soon after I'd sort of started maternity leave, I was exploring what I wanted to do next. I really remember Claire being that career comfort blanket at that time probably a bit in my life as well as kind of work life so just general life but she just naturally has a very supportive empathetic and understanding style it's just her style I think it's her way of being makes her this kind of career comfort blanket where you just like you just feel better you just know that if you message her you're just going to be even like a whatsapp message from her you just sort of feel that bit better than you did before oh it's so nice to think about them when I was trying to think about sort of my people I ended up thinking about not intentionally, but I was kind of like a manager that I'd worked for. So I was like, okay, so one of my career comfort blankets is someone that I've worked for. And then I was thinking about another one and it was someone who had worked for me. I think they would talk to me about the impact I'd had on their career. And I was like, oh, that's just nice to hear. You know, when you're not feeling great. It's nice to hear that you've made that difference to someone's career. So I had like a manager that I'd worked for that I would go to because they'd be like, oh, hell, stop beating yourself up. You're brilliant. Mm. And I'd be like, thanks. <laughs> and then someone that worked for me. And then somebody that's in a community that I'm part of that might actually not have worked with me, but sort of thinks that I'm like good anyway and could sort of like a, like a cheerleader. When I was thinking about people, there were all people in those places that came to mind for me. It's spending time with these people. It's knowing who your career comfort blanket people are. And then if you're in this situation of like you're in a job search and it's feeling pretty tricky, just go spend some time with these people. And that could be virtual or in person, but that conversation's probably going to be a bit of a boost. So idea for action number two, we're calling same work, different place. And so the idea here is that sometimes when you're spending a lot of time job searching, if you're always doing that kind of in the same way, in the same place, that's when it can start to feel really monotonous and you can lose your energy for it. So our question here was, where could you spend time searching for roles that you would look forward to? This is where I think it might be slightly different depending on the situation you find yourself in. So for example, if you're spending the majority of your week searching for roles, so that's how you're spending most of your time, you're not working, you might want to mix it up. You might think, well, Monday, I'll do that at home because I'll ease myself into the week. This is basically what I would do. <laughs> and then Tuesday, I might think, okay, well, perhaps I'll be at home for half of the day, but I'm going to walk to a coffee shop that I really like treat myself to a nice coffee and do a bit of job searching in that coffee shop. Maybe Wednesday, I will literally get on a train to go to a different part of London or somewhere near I live that I know I can go and work. So some sort of co-working space, or there's quite a lot of places now where, and you and I have both used this, where you can spend about like £10 and you can work there. Mm. So they're often like hotel, co-working, coffee shoppy type places. They have that intention of like, you're very welcome to work here, but you sort of pay for a day pass and they're often quite affordable and accessible, particularly if you're not doing it every day because I wouldn't do that every day. I'd probably do that like once a week and being like, oh, that day I'm going to go and do that. And then this day, maybe I'm going to go and work in a library, surround myself with books. I think kind of mixing it up and having that variety means you don't sort of get a bit stale. Like I really wouldn't want to be sitting where I am sitting now talking to you, applying for jobs day in, day out. And then if you're maybe in a day job and then you're trying to fit in this on top of a day job where 
time becomes a factor I would almost try and treat it like a well where do you go to do that job searching so the best example I could think of of this for me was when I was at Barclays I didn't want to stay sitting in Barclays then applying for other jobs in other companies because obviously a that just felt inappropriate yeah (laughs) um there are lots of us have done it hands up (laughs) I would have just felt a bit uncomfortable doing it but also if I go home I'm like oh yeah but when I go home, I'm sort of at home and I'm, actually Netflix probably didn't exist at that time. But, you know, like I want to watch whatever the equivalent of that is. Because I really remember that being a hard process, like moving from Barclays to then where I went. That took ages. I got loads of rejections. There was all these amazing jobs that no one ever applied. And I was like, oh, actually talking about the library. I really remember applying for a job at the British Library and thinking, dream job. Yeah, you'd and have that. And I put so much mm. effort into it and like literally nothing. Like, no reply. You're just like, no. They're probably sitting in the British Library applying for a job at the British Library and them not even replying. And so what I found was I was like, oh, a chain coffee shop. It wasn't a very inspiring place to hang out. It was sort of the days before super cool coffee shops. And I just used to go to that same chain coffee shop. I'd almost sit in, like, this little bit where I was like, it was in a corner, no one could see my screen. you treat yourself to, like, your one nice coffee or whatever you're going to have. And I'd be like, I'm going to spend 90 minutes now and I'm just going to do either searching or replying. And I'd almost go, this is my place. This is my place where I do my job searching. Oh, and then I go home for the day. And then when I'm home, I sort of relax. And so I do think the environment you're in, especially if this is feeling hard and you're trying to sort of refine your mojo and motivation with this, a change of place and space can work wonders. I agree. And I think to add to the list, and maybe we'll create a list if you want some inspiration of like low cost spaces to work, whether you're looking for a role at the moment or not. I like museums because museums often have like, I mean, I would mm. look at London and Oxford because that's just sort of between where I live. But, you know, most cities have got some cool museums in them and they tend to have good coffee shops. And I would look forward to going because I think, oh, I'll have, go to the coffee shop and then maybe I'll have a little wander around. But even still, there's always good energy, good people watching. And in the week, fewer children too, which is always <laughs> a bonus. Normally I'm having this like full of kids at the weekend including mine annoying me but I think looking at those spaces also there's a company called Hubble which we use quite a lot at Amazing If and they have access really cost effective access to lots of co-working spaces that Sarah mentioned and sometimes you can even go on those co-working spaces and they'll have like a free day pass for you to try out and so again there's lots of low cost ways in which you can work in different places you just have to look it up really. So number three is all about communities to connect with. And when we talk about communities, this could be networks around your industry maybe, or maybe there are some particular communities around your profession, or maybe there's events that are happening in and around sort of your current world of work. And the aim really is that by connecting with that community, you can build new relationships, you can share knowledge, you can get excited and inspired about that world of work that you've chosen to be in. Because if you've been searching for a role for a while, you might be lacking some of that inspiration. You probably had it at the start, but as it feels really hard that can feel like it's sort of going and you need it because when you're going through like interview processes and things they want to see that inspiration they want to see that you've got energy for that work that you're doing so I think connecting with communities can help you stay connected to that inspiration and so the question for you to ask yourself here is what communities could you connect with and learn from and if that feels really hard if you're like 
I don't know. That's part of the problem. I would ask some of the people, some of the people that sort of work in a similar world to you, like what communities are you part of? Who do you learn with and from? I'd Google it, to be honest. I would just Google, like if I work in accounting, what accounting events are there? I've even looked, though I think it's a low hit rate in terms of success. I've used Eventbrite before and I've typed in like things that I'm interested in and I have looked for events. But on Eventbrite, you get a real mixed bag, I would say, of some really good ones and then some ones that might not be quite right. The other thing that I've done to find communities is sort of thought leading companies that are in your industry or profession often put on events. So between sort of people and companies that are sort of doing good stuff in your world and also maybe just sort of some random kind of events and networks that you might find on like meetup.com or Eventbrite, they are good places to surface these communities that you could spend some time in. And often if you follow those companies on LinkedIn, which is a quite a passive and easy thing to do, then you end up spotting and seeing those opportunities to connect. So I'm definitely not somebody who finds this easy to do. And I also recognize it can feel unrealistic. So you might be thinking, yes, but I'm doing my job or I'm spending loads of time searching for a job. And now you're telling me I've got to find some communities to connect with. I wouldn't see this as, and one more thing to do. I would see it as, this is like an instead. So on one of the moments, 90 minutes or a couple of hours when you would have spent time doing job searching or applying for roles, give yourself the opportunity to spend that time differently because that's still an investment in your job search, but in a different way. And I did see an event. I follow a company called Nice and Serious that I've worked with before and I really like and admire. I follow one of their founders. And I just saw he popped up something on LinkedIn last week saying, oh, we're putting on this event in partnership with a couple of other companies that I'd not heard of. This is when it is basically like anyone can come along. This is how you register. So I just had a quick look and read it and thought, oh, that feels like really interesting, a bit connected to some things we're interested in. I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to make the time for that. But I won't then sort of go, oh, well, I've got to do that. And on top of like everything else I'm trying to do, I'll drop something else in that week instead. So I think I do know that sometimes when you get these extra ideas it can feel a bit like but I'm exhausted from the job searching but I hope what these things would do they'd act almost like a recharge so if you can find the right ones for you it's almost like you're plugging your battery back in and then you'll feel more re-energized to kind of keep going with that search again well connect with communities as well I think it's sort of smart job searching because most of our career opportunities come through people Mm. they're not the stuff that's advertised that lots of people send cvs off for it's a conversation and a connection and so the community thing both gives you a bit of a boost and helps you to learn but it's also likely to be one of the most effective ways that you're going to be made aware of like roles and opportunities as well so it does have like a double effect i think this one ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So idea for action number four, we're calling time boxing and breaking. So this is about how can you create moments to press pause and re-energize so that you don't suffer from job search burnout. And I do hear this really frequently from people who are searching for roles. They're just like, I'm not sure I can look on LinkedIn jobs anymore or Guardian jobs or wherever you're looking, or I'm not sure I can send, you know, like amend my CV one more time because you're trying to make it personal when you're trying to connect it to the job description. I've done that before and you're like doing it so much that you're like, if any of these companies actually reply, I'm going to forget which personalised CV I sent to where because you're just trying to get it out to so many people at so many companies and you're just like, oh God, it's just so confusing. So what we mean by time boxing and breaking is sort of setting yourself goals in terms of when you're going to be on and off. And so if you were working, and this is something that I've done loads of times every time I've been looking for a job, because I do think it can get a bit on top of you. I always think, right, I'm going to do a month on so that I'm going to time box for this month. Yep, I'm going to search all I can. I'm going to put as much into it as I can. And then I'm going to take a month off and I've taken a break. That's my time break and time box. I might do month on, month off. Or you could do something like, no, I really want to go for it for a bit. So I'm going to do three months kind of quite intensive, everything I can possibly do. And then do you know what? If nothing comes from it after three months, I'm going to give myself at least a month off to just regroup, maybe do a bit of reconsidering, think what have I learned? What might I do differently? But I often think by having that time boxing and breaking, sort of knowing that it gives you momentum, but also you look forward to sort of knowing that you don't have to do it for Mm. a bit. You've sort of given yourself permission to stop for a while. Now, I think it is different if you've not got a job. Well, I I need a job, so I don't have that luxury of thinking, oh, well, I'll do it for a bit and then I'll stop. So I would then apply boxing and breaking, but to my days. So, you know, if I hadn't got a job, I'd be thinking, right, I've got about a month to get another job because otherwise I can't pay my mortgage. So I do need to spend some time every day doing that job search. But I would probably think, okay, I work quite well in about 90 minutes. After about 90 minutes, I'm never that good anyway. So I might go right, well, I'm going to do a walk first thing in the morning. I'm just going to make sure I've got started on my job search by 10 o'clock. By 11.30, I'm going to let myself have a break for an hour and literally just do like whatever I want to do, whether it's like exercise or reading, whatever it might be. And then as long as I do another 90 minutes at some point in the afternoon, that feels like a kind of day well done. That feels like a good, I've invested in that job search, but I have been specific about essentially two 90-minute blocks and then putting quite a lot of breaks around those blocks my logic being that then that three hours will be me at my best and very well spent. And also then I've got enough energy because I'm going to do the same thing again tomorrow, maybe in a different place, but I'm still going to be spending three hours searching and applying for jobs the next day. Now, for some people, they might be able to do longer than that, or you might be able to do it differently to that. You might kind of go, I'm going to have two days where I'm sort of pretty much on it all the time. And then Wednesday, I'm going to take much more of a break or, or I do take Wednesdays off job searching. So I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday break, Thursday, Friday, you know, you design it in a way that works for you. 
it can feel slightly counterintuitive, can't it, to go, I'm going to take a break from something that feels really important that I'm trying to make happen. What I should do is just keep doing more of it, Mm. more searching later at night for longer. But the likelihood of that job search being successful increases if you can put some breaks in along the way. Just to take something that you said there, I think if you are not in work at the moment and you're looking for work and this is feeling really hard I think Sarah's suggestion about a day well worked or a day well done I think you said is actually that will be a positive thing for you to do as well because if it feels like you're stuck in an endless cycle it can be hard to like see the positives in the day but I think if you can say okay well today well done is I'm going to spend you know 90 minutes doing a job search I'm going to spend you know 60 minutes looking at a free course on Coursera I'm going to spot an event that I want to attend or whatever, like three things that would make today a day well done. I think that I give you a sense of achievement, which I think you can lose when you are not in work. And so that might be sort of a specific extra tip if you are not working at the moment and looking for a role or maybe finding it a bit hard. So the fifth and final idea for action is about sharing your skills. So the context here is that if you are getting a bit of rejection so you're applying for a lot of roles and you're not hearing back or you're getting declined for an interview sometimes it can lead to a bit of self-doubt like oh am I good enough to get the things I want to do maybe I've got some gaps in my CV like maybe I can't get to where I want to get to all that kind of stuff can start to get into your mind and so what we want to do is we want you to feel really positive about your abilities and your impact and all the brilliant things that you can bring and so sharing your skills with other people can create that feeling for you this is a simple of you thinking like you know what is it I want to be known for what things am I particularly passionate about and who could I help with that so I might think oh one of the things that I'm really passionate about is sort of taking people's ideas and helping put them into action like by talking about sort of my prototyping skill or kind of you know helping people to grow things in their business and I could try and spot people people that I could maybe mentor that could be a peer or someone who's doing something that I think I could contribute to and basically offer my skills to help them which might sound like you know I love what you're doing I've got some experience in that area if I can help you to get it going I'd love to get involved and what you get there is the help is high So this basically is like a boost for our brain because it helps us to feel really useful. You get that sense of achievement because you've done something which helps someone else do what they're doing better. And it also gives you a bit of validation, which, you know, it's not always brilliant to need validation. But in this situation, maybe it's not that bad for someone to say to you, that was really helpful. Thank you. Maybe that like little pat on the back from somebody else is exactly what might help you right now when those doubts might be growing a little bit in terms of you and your sort of development. So the question to consider here is how could you share your skills with someone who needs them? And I do think to Helen's point, when you do start sharing your skills, it can be one person, it can be a hundred, you do you. I do think teaching someone, you often do realise how much you know. Mm. I think so many people take for granted I just sort of know how to do this or this is just a skill that I use a lot so I've actually got really good at it or I'm naturally talented at it and it's only when somebody sort of goes oh yeah I'd like to learn about that thing something you know that expertise you've got or that thing that you're really good at how are you good at it and like what is it that you do or what advice would you give me and if you're thinking oh but why should anyone listen to me and I'm not even sure my advice is that helpful I promise you it is better than you are giving yourself credit for. And just ask yourself that question if you're trying to increase your confidence before even having that conversation or if you're still doubtful about whether you've got that worth, that thing to give, 
just ask yourself, like, what advice would you give to someone trying to develop XX skill that you're good at? So I might say to then Helen, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to get better at prototyping? And Helen could probably be like, oh, okay, well, I'll probably say do X, Y, and Z. Oh, but maybe you've thought of those things already. You'll probably already do that. And I'd be thinking, no, probably I don't do any of those things. Or I've not thought of those things. So I think don't dismiss the skills you've got because it might feel obvious to you or you assume that everyone's better at you already at those things because everyone brings a different perspective and everyone has got something to give. And you could literally be sharing those skills with like someone else where you work today or doing some really informal mentoring. Just try and find a way to share because you'll make that skill stronger. This is another one of those ideas for action where you'll get even more multiples of benefits. Not only will you feel more confident, you will make that skill stronger. And when you get in an interview and you've got a question about like helping someone else or, you know, talk to me about something you've done differently recently, you've got a real life example that feels very relevant and very recent. A lot of the ideas for action that we've talked about today have got high relevance and recency, which does help you when you're doing applications. So I really hope with these job search things that we've talked about, first and foremost, it will boost your belief, but also it will increase your chances of a successful job search. And just on that sharing your skills piece, it is a confident move to make, but I have seen some people that we know on LinkedIn say, whilst I'm looking mm. for my sort of next move, I've got some time and I'd love to help anyone who needs support with XXX, basically insert skill. And that serves two purposes. So first of all, it sort of signals to other people who might not know that you're sort of in the market, but in a very positive way. Like whilst I'm looking for roles and people might be like, oh, I don't know, you're looking and then I get in touch with you. But it also means that you might connect with people who are outside of your immediate community that you could help. And again back to sort of people helping people you kind of help those people with your skills they work in a world that you might not be in every day they can see opportunities that you might not be aware of so like I say that's quite a confident move to make I think to go on LinkedIn but if you can word it in a way that works for you like whilst I'm looking for opportunities really keen to share my skills if anyone needs support with dot 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 let me know if you can word it in a way that feels like you I don't think it feels like too scary a move to make but it might be worth sort of considering if this feels like an idea for action that you would want to take forward and you were telling me helen as we were preparing for this podcast you've had two people recently just reach out to you directly yeah who again have got a bit of time at the moment and have just obviously tried to connect the dots between a skill that they've got and thought oh i wonder if helen would find this helpful and they've just sort of said it in a very you can do it in a very informal way sort of zero pressure you're not forcing your skills on anyone you're just saying i happen to have a bit of time like would that be helpful or can i be helpful in this area And, you know, someone might be like, oh, actually, not right now because I'm super busy or actually that's not quite where we are. But the majority of people will be like, oh, someone's offering to help me. Brilliant. And they'll bite your hand off. Yeah, which I did. (laughs) (laughs) So the five ideas for action that we have shared, we will summarise for you in the pod sheet. And you can get that link in the show notes on Apple. Or if you're listening on a different platform, how professional that sounds, um, just go to our website, which is amazingif.com. There is a podcast page. You'll find all of our podcasts. We've got over 320. And the last about 120 all come with these pod sheets. So you just click on the episode and then you'll find all the resources there. Good luck if you are currently in the midst of a job search. We know it's not easy and we know it can feel quite disheartening at times. So we do hope that this has been a source of support, maybe even being a bit of a self-belief boost in its own right, just listening to today. Please make all the use of everything free 
that we create, whether that's our redundancy reset toolkit that you can find on our website. There's loads of free 10 minute tools, podcasts. We have more free stuff than we know how to package up, which is our problem to try and sort out at the moment. (laughs) That's true. But if you are stuck or if you do need some inspiration as well, you can always email us. We're helensarah at squigglycareers.com. But we really do hope this has been helpful because we know this is one of those knotty moments in your squiggly career where sometimes you do just need a bit of support and spark of inspiration. Absolutely. But thank you very much for listening today and we're back with you again next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 